Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey, good morning. I again, I always say good morning. Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to Game Over International. I'm Tic Tac Tomar. Uh, starting an hour later uh, than usual, but you know, still here to talk about all of the Olympic stuff. You know, especially uh, what happened when it comes to curling, and again to preview uh, the Canada versus China game that's going to happen uh, later today. Uh, so I was <laughs> checking, uh, taking a look at the chat before um, uh, before getting started. Um, <laughs> and, uh, no, this is not Steve's fault. <laughs> I saw a comment saying, uh, "So we're all going to blame Steve, right?" Uh, no. Uh, don't don't blame Steve for this one, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone is doing all right. Hopefully everyone's doing well and enjoying their Sunday. Um, so as far as you know, a quick run through of you know meddling finishes and so on and so forth. Um, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if we want to say tough run for Canada, but uh, a lot of events uh, where Canada definitely didn't um, finish at the uh, the top of the standings uh, in any way, shape, or form, to put that lightly. There was a biath biathlon where Canada finished 20th, uh, the women's 10k pursuit where um, Canada finished uh, 54th out of 60, uh, cross-country skiing, Canada finished 10th, and uh, the giant Siloam alpine skiing where Canada finished uh, 15th. So... Uh, it's, it's a it's a rough little rundown there, um, but you know, uh, what are you what are you gonna do there? I think the the biggest thing, and again, the biggest conversation is definitely revolving around uh, Canada. I talked about uh, the women's team yesterday and how it seems like they're in trouble just because you know they're not getting the wins that I think a lot of people are expecting them expecting them to, especially considering that this group, um, you know, this isn't the first time this group has been together at the Olympics. You know, they've had a lot of a lot of historic and 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 significant milestones. Um, you know, participating. You know, in in curling, whether it's at the Olympics or any other uh, world world championship, and um, it's a wolves another loss for the women's team. Um, you know, losing eight four, they didn't get on the board until until the third end, um, and then at that point, you know, I think I want to say the score was either two one or four one. Um, you're just trying to catch up at that point. Um, so it's another tough loss there, uh, and then when you move on to the men's game. Um, which was a roller coaster of, of goofs and mistakes and, and oops and stuff. Uh, so Canada ended up winning. They won 10-5, so good on them. But the, the way in which the game uh, took place was actually pretty interesting. So at the end of the second, uh, Canada ends up getting four points. Um, and that was because uh, the, the U.S. team kind of made an error in judgment. Uh, there are a bunch of Can Canadian rocks in the house. I want to say they had four. Um, and 
you know, the second last rock that the United States sent um, you know, sent down went all the way through, didn't make contact at all. However, they had the hammer, so they had the final, final rock to play. Um, and then their last rock didn't really do too much. Uh, did make contact with London Canada's, but it, well, again, it wasn't enough to, to knock any of knock any of the Canada's rocks out of the house. So they ended up getting four points there. And then you move on to the sixth end, and then it was I guess Canada's turn. It was Canada's turn to, to make a mistake because uh, on the reverse end you have the United States who had three rocks in the house, um, and then you know Canada has their opportunity to you know to do something to not to knock um knock a rock out there and um then. You know, reduce the amount of points that the United States can get. Um, they actually ended up coming short um, on their play, and um, their rock didn't even get into the house. Uh, so the United States got three points there, but you know, still ended up being a being a win again, a big uh, 10-5 win for uh, for Canada. So it's a good rebound there. Um, but again, when it comes to curling overall, I think the or at least this group team event that's taking place, I think the the concern or the urgency is definitely around around the women's team and if they'll be able to to rebound a little bit um just because again it's been um it's been an it's been an interesting start for them um and hopefully you know hopefully things turn around there all right so yeah that's another that's one thing that i wanted to that i want to talk about first uh morris thanks uh so moving on to to the men's hockey um wild game between finland and sweden uh, so Sweden is up three nothing, uh, and then Finland comes back, scores three goals in, in overtime, and then wins. Like it's that's a wild game. <laughs> that's a completely wild game. And again, I guess it just speaks to just how nothing is really settled um, in Olympic hockey. But you know, it, it's a huge second period. I want to say Sweden scored three three goals in the second period. Finland comes back, scoring three goals in the third, and then gets the and then gets the uh, overtime winner. Um, uh, to get the final decider there. So, really interesting stuff there. But I think it just does speak to, again, to the offensive the offensive skill and the offensive potential that not just Finland has, but also Sweden has as well. So, you know, once it comes down to, you know, the qualifications round, quarterfinals, semifinals, and so on and so forth, you know, it, that could be one of the teams, or they could be one of the teams to look out for, definitely, uh, in the sense of, hey, don't th- don't think that the game is over, um, because you never know, something might, might come up. Um... So, continuing on, let's talk about Canada versus China. So this is the last preliminary game that will take place before we get into again before we get into the the quote unquote knockout rounds. Um, and this is a game that Canada has to win, um, which is an interesting conversation because usually when it comes to you know um, you know Canada at, at any type of international um, competition, you know it's usually like okay, well you know let's just breeze through the preliminary rounds. Um, and then, you know, the real test begins the gold medal game. Um, but, you know, with, you know, the last, their last loss to the United States has put them in a position where, yes, they're still, you know, they're still second in their group, but they really do need this win to secure, uh, secure their spot in the qualification round. Um, so, is there pressure? I mean... There should be pressure, you know, regardless of who of who the opponent is. I mean, yes, they are facing Team China, a team that is you know just taking part um, in Olympic hockey for the first time. Actually, this is the first time Canada and China are meeting um, at any uh, international event. Um, so it's, it's going to be a historic game there. But even though yes, the you know all the odds are in Canada's favor, you know I I do think that you really need to I guess be mindful of 
what can take place, what can happen, and what can go wrong. And I think it'll be important for Claude Julien in particular to really evaluate and 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 consider the things that went around that went wrong the last game. Again, you have a great start, great physical, high energy start, finishing checks, legitimately finishing checks, you know, getting chances on net. Again, the score is probably different if Strauss Man, you know, like isn't as sharp uh, as he was for the United States, but. Still, so it's, it's a completely ideal state, uh, um, ideal start, and then you kind of take your foot off the gas, and then allow this, you know, this young, energetic United States team to dic- to start to dictate the play, right? And instead of instead of being in control of the pace, you're now getting into a position where you're chasing the game a little bit. Now, granted, you know, once the second period kind of went on, and especially the third period, you know, Canada did, you know, I guess find their fire again and start and start to kind of dictate the play a little bit but you know at that point you know you're running into a hot goaltender you're running into a goaltender that is just making save after save after save so when you look at this game you know where you have players who have a lot of you know, who have a lot of professional experience Jeremy Smith in particular um, the goaltender who made 35 saves against Germany that's a possibility that's that's an area that could be concerning because for you know, hockey is just a game where we're just you know you're you're walking around on shoes with swords on the bottom, and you're 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 fighting for this round plastic disc thing, and you shoot it into a box, right? It's 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 a wild game, and anything can take place, anything can go wrong, and we've seen before, time and time again, of a goaltender just deciding, hey, I'm not gonna win, I'm not gonna lose this game, we're not gonna lose this game. Right, and if and if China has any, I guess any motivation or any like you know extra flair, extra flair, um, in walking into this, this would be their first win of you know of of the men's hockey tournament. You know, if they if they ended up getting this, and so not only would it be a huge upset, but it would also be you know it would also be a pretty significant milestone for them. Um, I think that's one thing that that's really going to stand out. At least that will stand out for me is, you know, does will Canada play a quote unquote? And I know this is a huge hockey cliche. Are they going to play a full sixty minutes, or uh, or will there be those you know kind of ebbs and flows moments? Um, you know where where China might get get back into the game. So um, that'll be interesting there. Another thing to keep in just keep in mind, and this is a question that I was asked yesterday in the chat. Um, do you put Pas- Pascal uh, back in? Or do you put Levi in? Um, and I think that'll be an interesting thing as well because, you know, again, you know, Pascal was very critical of his own play. You know, he said that he felt like he was fighting the puck a lot, uh, fighting the puck a lot. That you know that there are are two goals in particular that he thought that he probably should have had. And if you have those goals, then it's an overtime. It's an overtime game. Probably referring to one, the Kenny Augustino slap shot that just trickled through through his arm, and then also the. Let's see, it was the third goal against, which I believe was Meyer, or Miley, rather. Um, but it was the play behind the net. Pascal goes behind the net, trying to play the puck. Uh, things go wrong, and then there's a pretty much just an open net uh, for the United States player uh, to score. And I believe that that made the game 3-1 at that point. Um, so you, you think of those games, or do you focus on you know the strong saves? You know, again, in the first period, where you know where the United States really started to kind of push the pace a little bit, do you focus on the fact that he made like a flurry of five saves in a row, um, robbed 
well, least prospect, uh, Nick Nick Abruzzi, um, you know, with the right pad save. Do you focus on that? So, I don't know. I think it, I think it's kind of up in the air, and I think it's kind of up and down again because there is a lot of urgency towards this game that they they can't lose. Like they they cannot lose this game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they go back to Pascal or if they give Levi um, Levi an opportunity and you know kind of give him a run. I think. I don't know. I think I think it would be interesting. It'd be interesting if Levi got the shot. I think it would be. Um, obviously, Pascal might might be a person that they're leaning on leaning on more. But I think it would be interesting if you know if if Kendall looks at Levi and says, "Hey, listen, you know this is a huge game for us. Um, we need you here. You know the, the the net is yours, and you know perhaps that leads into some positive." So I guess some positive momentum or some energy generated moving forward. So perhaps I don't know. Perhaps perhaps Levi end, ends up getting ends up getting getting the net there. But I think either way, um, it is an important game for Canada. Definitely. Um, now on the other side, I do think it's also pretty significant that you know that you know the team China is in is in this type of situation again. It is it is a historic milestone as tournament for them. Um, and even though they don't have many, you know, can, you know, many Chinese-born players, you know, I think the, the, I guess the the spread or the or the spread of representation um, of you know the Chinese nationality with on this team, I think, is pretty significant. You have can you have Canadian-born uh, Chinese players, you have American-born Chinese players. So I think I think seeing that dynamic on on the ice and within this team, I think, is one thing that isn't being talked about enough but i think it's actually pretty interesting i think it speaks to to why the olympics can actually be a pretty significant thing especially when it comes to you know being someone at home and watching and watching watching these games take place so you know some people will say like oh well you know it's it's just because the china doesn't have enough high-end talent in hockey sure maybe but i also think it's i also think that we can kind of look at the significant side of this and 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 just see how and just see the 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 spread of diversity within one team. And I think that's actually pretty significant. And that's pretty cool. Um, so it'll be interesting, I guess, to see to see what the what the score ends up being. I think I saw from a lot of like prop bets and all the like prediction sites that people are are um, are expecting Canada to win nine nothing. Um, which who knows? Uh, but I think either way, it'll be a pretty interesting. It'll be a pretty interesting game uh, just to see how uh, how things kind of take place there. Um, any questions from the chat? Hey, good morning, everyone. Yeah, I think I think it'll def again. It'll definitely be interesting to see how you know to see how Canada really does respond from that. Um, because you, I you know, ideally, you want to take the positivity from tonight's or from the from the game that's happening today, and hopefully have that lead up into into the you know the semifinals and the quarterfinals and so on and so forth um you're gonna have to run into the united states again at some point you know and you know um will canada be ready for that um and i think for the first time in a while um you're walking into a tournament where you know canada might have the pedigree but i think they don't necessarily have the the hmm, they don't necessarily have the the personnel to kind of put them in that dominating figure force position as they usually are. And yes, you know, that does speak yes, that does speak to the fact that you know NHL players aren't 
um, aren't at aren't, aren't at the tournament, and it's a lot of like you know former NHL players or or future NHL or yeah or players who are hoping to get back into the NHL um, with a strong tournament, which is probably a possibility. That did happen the last time. The last time um, the, the Winter Olympics took place and NHL players weren't there, um, there are a number a number of players, um, I think both on Canada and the United States, who who wound up getting um, NHL contracts for the rest of the season and um, and played on uh, on playoff rosters. So I think there's some players who, in particular, who have a lot to play for. For example, like I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Stahl is actually is actually seeing this as an opportunity to kind of say like, hey. Let's showcase the showcase things. See, see that I still got it, and see that I can still be an asset and in, in, um, in significant hockey because you know his last stint, you know, with the Habs. Even though yes, you know the the Habs made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final, and um, and for these fans, that's still something that stinks. Um, uh, you know, I do think there was a point where he was kind of was a non-factor. Um, wasn't really necessarily used as much or didn't necessarily stand out too too well. Um, uh, on the roster, so I think you know a player like Eric Stahl is you know is taking this opportunity to say like, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna perform and play meaningful hockey on the biggest stage ever. You know, perhaps this could be you know this could be a showcasing event, and you know maybe have some teams, some scouts who are just watching the games and then thinking, like, hey, you know, if you need to upgrade a third or fourth line center, uh, maybe maybe you can play, maybe you can you know have something going there. Um, Josh Hosang is a player that. Um, you know, that all these fans are literally wondering, like, hey, when are, when are the Leafs going to sign Josh Hosang? When are the Leafs going to sign Josh Hosang? So I think this is, a, this is a, good, a good opportunity for him as well. And I think something that he mentioned um, even before the, before the Olympic tournament began was the idea of, of entertaining or listening to offers from other teams. And, you know, it was actually nice to hear him say that, that you know, that he, would, that he would talk to Kyle Dubas first and confer with the Leafs first before making any... Um, before making any decisions, but I think on one hand you have teams who are recognizing, you know, the type of time, the type of player he's had based off the season he's had in the AHL with the Marlies, um, and at the same time you can look at how he's played, how he's played in the on the Olympic tournament so far, and think like, yeah, this could be a difference maker, you know, maybe a, whether it's in a in a in a bottom six role, middle six role. I think Josh Hosang is a player that can help a team, all right. And I think again, based on when you look at the way he skates, how how he plays with like how he plays with other players, how he resonates off of them really well, makes makes good reads, has quick hands. I think does you know has a really great shot, even though you know yes you know the the puck kind of bobbled on him um, against the United States. But I think that's a player that can be a difference maker, and I wouldn't be surprised if NHL teams are looking at Josh Hosang and thinking, hey, you know this this if we need. You know, some offensive depth, you know, that can be a player there there that can help. Um, you know, Buffalo's definitely watching Owen Power. Um <laughs> so I think that that'll be interesting there. Maybe they say like, hey, Owen Power, do you wanna do you wanna sign your your entry level contract now and then come over and play? So I think there are a lot of players who have a lot of a lot of stakes behind behind this tournament and behind uh this game in particular. Um you know, I think it's it's a big cliche, but but people say all the time. You know, uh, you can play you can play a game in in regular situations. You can play a game when the games don't matter. But how are you playing when the games do matter? And I think again, this game against against Canada and China, which I know I know on the surface it it sounds a little ridiculous that I'm that I'm kind of putting a lot of like a lot of pressure and a lot of like you know this like uh, I don't know I guess it's like this phantasmic energy toward towards a game where again Canada is is the favorite but yeah you never know you never know 
what can happen. You never know what can what can take place. And again, I'm looking at a China team who has everything to gain and nothing to lose. Right? They're they're heading into this tournament knowing that they'll likely be one of the weaker teams. Right? This is the first again, this is the one of the, the first time, you know, they're taking part in the men's hockey, you know, international tournament. There's there's no screaming pressure to perform like Hockey Canada or, or USA Hockey does. Um, so they they hold the cards here. You know, if, if they come out and they have a strong game, um, you know, a, a huge game, but they lose, well, hey, that's a moral victory. It's a step in the right, it's a step in the right direction, um, you know, for, for hockey from China moving forward. Um, if they get blown out, if they completely, you know, lose, they get shelled, hey, maybe the predictions are right and Canada does, does win 9 nothing Again, people aren't going to be too too surprised that's the quote-unquote expectation but if they win like imagine if they're if they dictate the play the entire game if jeremy smith is standing on his head making save after save if you have you know more and more offensive contributions from like a parker smith from um from a tyler wong like if you have those players standing out and and taking it to canada and winning like, is it out of the realm of possibility that, you know, that China, like, could could come into this game and win, like, 2-1 or 2-1 or 1-0? I think that has to be the mindset, right? I think if you're, if you're the, the, if you're the coaching staff of China, like, I think you have to have that mindset of, like, we have to do everything in our power to keep things close. Like, we can't, we can't try to get into a, a scoring race where we're, you know, we're trading chances back and forth. I think you really need to commit to a, shutdownish defensive style and you know where you're where you're yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be hit a lot so you have to take the hits score on your opportunities whenever those come up and also you know shut things down when you have, when you have a lead like i wouldn't be surprised if there's a moment where china gets the lead say they score the first goal of the game that they just like shut things down and say okay cool we're gonna go 95 doubles here the neutral zone trap clog up the middle just keep everything on the outside you know give the goaltender the best opportunity to, to see any shots and to stop things there, um, so again, I think the start will be really, really significant. I think how how both teams start will be huge. You know, I think Canada will definitely want to score first. China will definitely want to score first. Um, now, again, that sounds obvious. Like obviously, you want to score first. You don't want to be in a, be in a position where um, you know where you're where you're you're coming from behind. But I think when it comes to the mindset that either team has to have heading into this. I think if you're Canada, you want to overwhelm you ever want to overwhelm China um, as quickly as possible, and get, put them in a position where they feel if like they can't come back in the game. And then if you're China, you want to be in a position where you can get a lead and you can control the pace of the game. You can control the speed, the tempo, the structure, whether things are going to open up or, or close off. I think so. I think that's that's where. Scoring first helps helps in, in both scenarios. And on, on the other hand, again, if I'm the China, if I'm the the coaching staff of China, I'm wondering who's starting in net, because that might that might determine an, an impact. You know what is the, uh, the what's the offensive strategy? I think what we saw from Pascal is that if you just start throwing shots from like anywhere, and he gets to a point where he's just like moving around the crease, that's where you can score. If you put the puck behind the net and you force him to come out, come out of the net, and you put pressure on either side, mistakes can be made, right? Um, if you have a lot of traffic, 
a whole bunch of traffic right in front of him. You know, you take your low shots, you get a rebound, he loses track of the puck, score on the rebound. Right? So, I think there there are a lot of ways in which in which China can have success in this game. And this isn't to to you know to put Canada down or anything, but I do, I do think that um that a game like this isn't isn't a isn't an automatic write-off. Um for Canada, I don't. I don't think it's an automatic win, and I do think that there are things that can take place that can see China winning this game, um, and then Canada really is in trouble. So, um, you know, hopefully, Claude Julian, you know, has has addressed um, a lot of the issues that that took place in um, uh, in that game against the United States. Because again, if those issues, if those issues return, if they keep, if they come up again, then you know, it'll be it'll it won't be as easy um, as Canada would like it to be. Um, and then you know, and then if they end up losing this game, then then who knows what takes place uh, toward you know for the rest of the tournament. I don't know. I don't know specifically if them losing means that they're out or they or they can't make it. But I do know that it will it will make it difficult because if other teams if other teams were below them winning the standings and then knock them out of the top of the top two spot, then then yeah, then you have a spicy meatball and then you have a uh, some some questions. Uh, to be raised, so it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting game, um, definitely, and that's taking place. I want to say at eight ten Eastern time, uh, Canada versus China. So, you know, can can Canada you, you know take take it to China very very quickly? Can they play their game? Can they you know in- intimidate them offensively, physically, what have you? Um, is it going to be Pascal and Net, or is it going to be Levi and Net? Um, What's going to take place there, and on the on the side of China, I think what is the thought process going to be? Um, can you can you keep up? Can you keep up with Canada? Can you um, can you weather the storm that is going to come for sure? I think the first ten minutes are going to be very important for China. I think if you can get out of the first ten minutes without allowing a goal, then I think you put yourself you put you set yourself up pretty well. Um, to have success for the rest of the game, but if it ends up being like, I don't know, like two nothing, three nothing, after after the first half of the first period, then it, it'll be a tough a tough go, um, and a, and, a, and a tough sell there uh, to have a comeback. All right, um, but hey, we saw comebacks. We already saw comebacks again. Again, you know, Finland came back from three nothing and ended up forcing overtime. So, um, so hope won't won't immediately be gone um if the score is that bad after 10 minutes but i think that's one thing you want to do if you're china is you want to you want to limit the goal scoring to as few goals as possible you don't you don't want to try to get into a shooting match um or a scoring match rather with with canada because um that's that's a that's a that's a kind of game that not many teams um can make use of um and can play with and again, I think I think you have players like Mason Mason McTavish who is just just chomping at the bit to get back on the ice and and actually and score and produce some offense. You know, considering the fact that he had a a prime opportunity against the States to score and ended up ripping a shot off um off the bar. So I think that'll that'll be interesting definitely to see you know if China can weather the storm and if they can keep the game close. I think if you keep the game close. Then they have a chance to win, and again, if it's a blowout, then it'll be really difficult uh, to try to try to have a comeback. And again, on Canada's end, 
I think the, I think the, again the first ten minutes are important, and you really need to assert some level of dominance right right off the hop. Again, whether it's with huge hits, whether it's pressure, whether it's you know sustained pressure in the offensive zone, like starting the starting the game, and then you spend spend just like two or three minutes in the offensive zone, just rotating and rotating and rotating. You know, you know, sh- you know, shoot, shoot, recover, shoot, recover. If you can get to that point and then get to the point where China makes a mistake and you score from that, then then I think the game is uh, then I think the game is pretty is pretty uh, well off um, at that point. So it'll be interesting again to see um, to see what type of team that we that we see from Canada, what type of team we see from China, and what adjustments, if any, if any, are made um, as the game goes on. I think that's one. That's another thing that I saw people talking about on on Canada's end uh, via Claude Julian was that when things weren't going well, there weren't too many adjustments being made. I think there were some times, for example, where like the top line and Eric Stahl, Mason Metabish, and Josh Hosang like just didn't look like they were clicking too well. Um, now again, worked out because you know you know Canada started to put on the pressure as the game went on. But I think that'll be interesting as well to see you know what kind of like in-game adjustments Claude Julien can make. Um, and if we're assuming that this ends up being a win for Canada, then not only will that be an important uh, thing to take in to take into consideration today, but I think it'll also be a, an important thing to take on down the line, especially again if you meet the United States um, in the knockout rounds. You know, when things aren't going well, can you make that those adjustments and actually put different players in different positions? Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see. Okay, so I think that's it. I think that's I think that's all for uh, today's uh, edition of uh, Game Over International. So thank you for those who watched. Again, sorry for the hour delay. It was not Mikey Stevens' fault. It was not Steve's fault. Uh, things just took place and things happened. Uh, but you know what? I think it was. I think it was good that we. You know, I'm going to throw. A, I'm going to throw a hockey cliche here. We battled back. You know, uh, we were, you know, thing, things things weren't looking too well, but, you know, we battled back, we fought through it, have some, had some nice uh, dialogue, had some nice conversations. So, uh, if you're watching curling, take in the women's team, take in the men's team, definitely, um, you know, see how, how things go there. And again, for men's hockey, uh, Canada and China's happening tonight, um, tonight on the Eastern, well, you know, tonight at 8.10 uh, Eastern time. So again, it'll be interesting to see how Canada walks into this game that they really, really do need to do well in and need to win. So, uh, so with everything there, I'm Tic Tac Tomar again. Thank you for another, uh, for watching another episode of Game Over International. Andrew Berkshire will be back tomorrow covering, uh, covering the rest of the Olympics. Um, and again, think thing something that would be interesting moving forward there is actually we're going to start getting into the women's hockey and how they're get they're really getting into the thick of things uh, so that'll be interesting there all right so enjoy the rest of your sunday thank you for watching and take it easy what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.